0: Welcome to Grunge Limitless, episode two. Today, we will be focusing on a little bit about the attitude and why grunge became a trend, what was it, where did it come from, and how do we see people coming together over this, over lyrics, over experiences, struggles, and also why were drugs a part of all of this? So let's start by talking about how the music kind of reflected these hardships that musicians like Kurt Cobain and um, Soundgarden were going through. And how did this translate to the overall attitude? So when we say attitude, least do you wanna go into a little more detail about what we mean by that?
1: Um, sure, I just think that like the overall attitude of the whole grunge era kind of, the people who were into it were like, it was kind of cool not to care. Um, There was kind of like a sense of like self-hating, kind of like rolling out of bed kind of lifestyle. Like, and I think that that kind of maybe like pulls into drugs a little bit because. Definitely. um, Maybe not caring had to do with some of the usage, not Mm -hmm. really caring about life. A lot of the singers were depressed. Like, I mean, we can see that through a lot of um, like Kurt Cobain's journals and things like that. Um, So I think that that
0: probably has a big Definitely, to it. Um, yeah I feel like the word nihilistic I saw popping up a bit when I was doing re- research like kind of feeling like what's the point kind of thing and there's a song or I don't think it's a song it's just kind of like um, something I found online that is a poem I guess you could say. It's called Aberdeen where Kurt Cobain grew up and in the, if you read the song it's, it's very very honest I guess the word would be. Um, But it's very in my opinion. It's it's just incredibly depressing and upsetting and some of the lyrics are um, Just I'll read a few but it's pretty much just evidence of like it He wanted to die at points in his life. He was very suicidal and This poem I'll read a little bit. Um, It turned out that pot didn't help me escape my troubles too well anymore and I was actually enjoying doing rebellious things like stealing booze and busting store windows and, no- and nothing e- ever mattered. I decided within the next month I'll, sit, I'll not sit on my roof and think about jumping, but I'll actually kill myself. So not to be morbid, I'm sorry to get really deep, but um, the song or the lyric, the poem does describe a suicide attempt where he lies on a train track and the train ends up going on the other track. So it kind of like shocked him. But I feel like part of uh, mental illness is kind of being so numb, it's like where you're doing these rebellious things to actually feel something. And it, maybe that's why people got into the drugs because they just were so numb, they wanted to feel something. So, I mean, Aiden, um, if, if you heard someone that. Yeah,
2: I think um, grunge can, like you can say it came as like a hangover to 80s hair band music because all the drugs and everything was all still a huge problem then. It's just that nobody Definitely. was talking about it and now people were coming out and talking about it and actually like showing the side that wasn't like just partying until 3 a.m. and then getting up and doing it again.
0: Yeah. And also like music, it reminds me of um, musicians of like the Beatles, even the Rolling Stones and Whitney Houston. Like it was hard to be in the music scene without like doing that like that's what everyone did to be a part of just like I don't know be accepted be a part of a community and I don't know I like I don't really understand why but I think it's just like a way they Cope with just I don't know the pressure of it all And then also there's some activism that we can see in some of this grunge music um, I know Aiden kind of threw some songs out here if you want to talk about that.
2: Yeah, um, I mean it I think it was it was all uh, a part of the whole thing where like uh, you know they were, they kind of hated everything but they definitely really cared about disenfranchised pe- disenfranchised people like um, uh, songs like uh, Jeremy by Pro Jam, Polly by Nirvana, and uh, Rape Me by Nirvana are all like bringing attention to issues that we still have to talk about today. But it was like way earlier on, and Kurt Cobain was a huge LGBT activist. Um, uh, to the point where like uh, even in the 90s he was saying stuff like I'm not gay although I wish I were just to piss off homophobes like he very much loved to like uh, stick it in the face of people who he thought were like contributing to the system that he hated
0: mm-hmm. Um, I guess like a discussion question do you think maybe he was gay but to keep up with his image and his kind of like not caring thing is it kind of like one of those things that like conspiracy, I don't know what uh, you I mean. I,
2: he said that he might have been bisexual, but he kind of just like shrugged it off. Yeah. So like, he, I think he didn't care That's really what he was.
1: I've never yep. looked much into it, like just knowing that he was married with a child, like maybe like he might have been bisexual. I mm-hmm. never really like thought about it. I just mm-hmm. always took it as something where it's kind of strange because in the not caring, they seem to care a lot about certain things, Yeah, definitely. Um, but also the things that they seem to care about were things that pissed off like old white men. So like, yeah. I think that that was like part of the not caring thing like going mm-hmm. against, the man kind of yeah, idea. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to comment on how, when we were talking about groups before, like the mm-hmm. Beatles and things, it's just interesting because it's, there's always songs by the Beatles that imply the drugs that they right. were doing, but like they don't really like, there's like all these theories about it, but they don't like, in my mm-hmm. experience, I mean, I'm not really, they're not I don't know many songs by the Beatles, but a lot of them, yeah, they're not like straightforward, just like actually saying it. And I feel like even in this music, they were more open and even today, Um, talking about like drugs and people feeling like they're in a sense of community like so many rap songs today are literally lyrics that are like Papa Zan and like do a line like that's literally a thing and people in college do that and I think that it does resonate with the music like I don't think that that's something that you can just like ignore
0: yeah for sure yeah definitely more straightforward and honest than kind of like the Beatles were just like mysterious and hinted towards it, and it was like the cool thing, but now it became the cool thing to be like, I literally don't care what anyone thinks to me, like, like this is what our life is. So, let's talk a bit about how all this influences the 2010s and 2018s, I don't, I guess that's what you would say, like the 10s and the teens. Yeah um so do you want to talk a little bit about daria um i mean into the
1: 2000s this was the early 2000s but mtv came out with a show called daria and it's like a cartoon and daria is the main character and she's this kind of like what's left over of like the grunge scene like she the way she dresses the way she acts and she's just surrounded by all these like early 2000s like teenagers in high school Who and her sister's like the perfect example she's like a girl with like long strawberry blonde hair who wears like crop tops and like low rise jeans and everyone around her is like a cheerleader or a jock and she's just like super like pessimistic and the way she talks is always just like super down but she's also like kind of like the smart one. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. she kind of is like challenging their like, their ideas as if they're she, not really thinking. Like, and they're she just, just doesn't going-
0: doesn't care what anyone thinks about Yeah, it. but
1: they're also just going along with like, socii- like yeah. societal norms of the times and yeah. stuff like that. And I think that that's just really interesting after doing the research and thinking about how this like all into each other because it was almost like she was trying to like fight the early 2000s like not like tra- like not transform into like what right. those like, people right. were not, not let the pendulum yeah. swing back I guess, yeah maybe, like she so. always made fun of her sister and like, yeah. people like that so
0: yeah I guess for me I remember like scene culture being a thing in middle school and I feel like that's the closest thing that kind of reflects the aftermath of all the grunge just like the idea of not caring the idea of like going against the status quo kind of thing. Like, I'm not gonna dress like everyone else. I'm not gonna wear my hair like everyone else. And also just the huge trendy aspect of it. Like, why are these things trendy? It's cause it's, you're just kind of like going against all of it. And um, I guess another TV show, Skins. I've never actually watched Skins, but I just hear about it and I know it sounds like, It kind of just like that culture of drugs but almost glamorizes and romanticizes it yeah
1: as we talked about it like a little bit last time i don't know if it really fits into like grunge per se but totally the idea of like glam like kind of like glamorizing drugs and the way that the girls like dressed in the show like their hair was always messy they always had like really dark makeup like kind of things like that i could totally see like um
0: a translation
1: of like maybe something like Left right. over
0: It definitely isn't like I definitely don't think grunge Was ever glamorizing or romanticizing all that I think it was more just being honest And like open about their life But mm-hmm. were I feel like what we noticed is a- After all those musicians died And the music scene Kind of like quote died It's like people were trying to recreate That in ways that weren't really healthy And just kind of like they were just about the sensationalism of just like drugs and stuff like that but yeah whereas if you look at the true grunge culture it's like these people were having real struggles that they were just writing journal entries basically and it was just deep and to the core and it never really meant to be like I don't romantic I don't think at all
1: yeah it's it's kind of like I agree with that for sure but it's kind of weird because it's like this was a mute like Grunge was music, but it kind of became like a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it became like the trendy thing to be grunge. Like, I feel like even when you see like someone today, like, like a style is like a grungy style. Yeah. Like, it became it became more than just music. It was just kind of like the culture and the lifestyle that surrounded it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was really interesting when I watched a documentary on like the whole grunge era. Um, so this woman's name was Megan Jasper, and she was um, the receptionist for Sub Pop. That like. Small indie record label that came out of Seattle that signed a lot of the bands at first. And a New York Times reporter, in I don't remember, it was sometime in like that decade. I don't remember like the exact year, but Mm -hmm. it was when Grunge was becoming like really big in the mainstream and among young people. And he, approached her in an interview and he wanted to do a story on the scene as and he wanted to like include like a grunge lexicon so kind of like you ever seen those things that's like know what your kids are texting today and it was like all these random letters and parents like swore that like it was us trying to like do code for like let's go in the basement and like do drugs like weird things that like we were not texting to each other so they wanted to do like this kind of like drug or grunge lexicon where he was talking about like words that grunge people use and she just totally thought this was like the weirdest thing and such a joke and she made up words on the spot and she she literally said flippity flop she told them that's how grunge people say let's go hang out and she said like rock on like they like when they left each other every time to say goodbye like they literally said rock on <laughs> and this New York Times reporter believed her and made up this whole like this whole article that was in the New York Times so with nice. all these made up words that she just Made up for the mainstream because she thought it was so ridiculous that they were turning this into something
0: like that. Yeah, rock so, on! That sounds so like cheesy and ironic. Yeah, it's, funny.
1: it's it's like, which I think is hilarious. Like they just believed her because she was just someone who was involved in the yeah. culture, and they want they wanted so desperately to be like up with the times they that they to, just like,
0: sensationalized, like
1: flippity flop. That's so
0: <laughs> I don't know. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, Do you guys want? Let me just check the time. Um, <laughs> Do we have any thoughts on how, like, maybe it, it, all this influences 2019 specifically?
1: Um, yeah, or even if you can't think of something like that, we kind of wanted to open it up to, kind of how I was talking about before, like grungy style. How that's totally a thing today, definitely, like and a saw. bunch of trends that like you maybe don't realize, but really like came out of the era. So like. I'll just give you a few examples, and you guys can maybe tell if, like, you think that they're still in or if they're out or, like, what you think about them. If you personally hate them, think they're ugly, like, you think they're cool, let us know. Um, So one is, like, combat boots or, like, Doc Martens.
0: Are they in or out?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you think
0: in. (laughs) Does anyone want to explain why? Or just why? What attitude do combat boots reflect on Why you like to wear them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think that they're, like, comfortable for a boot. And, like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> don't do no, I think they are.
2: And they, um, they can last for a really long time. Like, they don't need that much upkeep. But if you, like, take care of them, they'll last for, like, ten years.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like it's the cr- I feel like docs are in.
1: They're, they'll always be in. Yeah. Um, I, I personally want to know this one because I feel conflicted about it. Chokers. <laughs> are we getting nose? Oh, Sam. Yes. Sam wants yeah. to talk.
3: <laughs> I don't really get chokers, <laughs> but like I remember, even in like middle school, they were starting to come back, yeah. and like especially those like the ones that are like wire ones. yeah, the yeah. wire ones. I mean, I, I I guess they're cute, but like I see them at Claire's, and so I'm like. How mainstream are these?
0: <laughs> They're like on and off. Yeah. It's I,
1: weird. I agree. Um, ones like that I don't really, I think are kind of weird, but then you see like the really pretty ones that like maybe like an actual yeah. jeweler like made and they have like, I don't know, more like, I want to say like indie looking ones, like ones that you'd find at Urban Outfitters that like are kind of cuter that I'm like, oh, maybe like I could get with this. But for overall, I think I'm like, mm. <laughs> Um Okay, and then I guess I'll just ask one more. This one is controversial, the band tee.
0: How do you feel about it? Like thrift store band tees or like urban outfitters, like aesthetic? Yeah, do
1: you think people are wearing them just for aesthetics? Do you think they're genuine? How do you feel about it? I'm just gonna give an example. Um, (laughs) So I saw a video of this girl who was wearing a Nirvana t-shirt and somebody asked her what her favorite Nirvana song was and she said, what are you talking about? And they said, you don't know the band Nirvana. She's like, This is a band. I thought this was a t-shirt brand. Oh my God. So, um, I guess if you know the band and you're wearing the shirt, (laughs) it's great. But if you're wearing it because you don't know it or because you think it looks good, then I- Good luck to you Yeah, I despise that. I really despise that. (laughs)
3: I think it probably started out with, like, a solid fan base, but, like, a small fan base still that was wearing the shirt, and, like, a bunch of people caught on and saw the shirt and was like, oh, that's a really cool sense of style. Yeah, so they went and, like, kind of, like, took it as their own sort of thing, and I think more people are probably wearing it right now for style and aesthetics, and, like, brands like Urban Outfitters are probably, like, profiting off of that and are, like oh my gosh, it's trendy to wear this type of t-shirt right now. So a bunch of people see it at Urban Outfitters and they're like, I'm going to buy that. So this big following is suddenly wearing Nirvana t-shirts that don't know what the band is.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of it is the the idea of the hype around bands like that and people kind of want to seem like they know what's going on or like they're like complex and like want to wear the band t even though they like, do, don't know the band um yeah. i think that's a perfect example i have a friend who had a van halen t-shirt from pac sun when we were in seventh grade and she definitely did not know who van halen was and it made no sense i admit i, I was like that <laughs> when I was
0: in middle school too it was a little bit but. yeah
1: i think everyone knows someone who's been guilty of that <laughs>
0: But, yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for um, attending this class and listening. <laughs> um,
1: Thanks for coming to class. Yeah, that's <laughs> Grimes Limitless. Elmer um, we appreciate
0: it. <laughs>